You're listening to In My Network with Yelit. Hello, hello, everyone. Today, I'm thrilled to be speaking with Jamie Newbeck for episode number 12 of In My Network. So this podcast has been pushed off maybe 200 times for various <laughs> reasons. So I'm really relieved to finally get the chance to sit and chat with you, Jamie. I'm used to obviously seeing you around on LinkedIn, uh, but then we had that formal introduction through Evan Patterson, who's just yeah. great. So thank you, Evan. And yes. yeah, what about Jamie? Jamie is currently a BDR at Reprice. She's consistently overachieving. I always see her popping up for another something or another. Um, and she actually started her her role in tech uh, a bit later than most people do. So I'm sure she has tons to share with us on that. And yeah, we're excited to get to know you, Jamie. So how are you? I am great. And thank you for having me. And yes, Evan is, I'm a big fan of Evan. He actually worked with me at Reprise um, back when I started, which would be in about a couple of weeks is my one year anniversary on May 17th. So he actually was... Um, a big part of training me in the beginning. Um, Cause I, like you said, I had never been in tech and I did not start tech till I was 44. So <laughs> a little later than most, I would say. Wow. Wow. And yeah, like tell us more about you. Who are you? Who is Jamie Newbeck? When you think of yourself, what do you think? Okay. So I would say first and foremost, I'm a mom. Um, my boys who are older, like they're 25 and 15 but they are, they are, they are everything. Um, they're everything for everything I do is for them. And every thought I have, every decision I make is with them in mind. Um, so first and foremost, definitely mom is like my number one role. Um, other than that, there is, I am a recovering addict. I, um, am big in the recovery community. Um, I oftentimes mentor different young ladies, me and my husband, who is also in recovery. We're certified recovery coaches. Um, we have gone to rehabs and spoken. We've been on the board of a nonprofit called My Hope, which stands for Michigan um, Opiate Heroin Prevention Education. So I've been clean over 11 years, and um, that was a huge part, huge struggle I dealt with for on and off for 15 years. And um, so that that's a huge part of who I still am, you know, mm -hmm. even though I'm not actively using, I am very passionate about helping those that are mm -hmm. um, trying to delete the stigma that is surrounds addiction and addicts themselves. And I still stay active in the work, even though I have moved away from I actually was like 21 credits shy of a degree in psychology when I decided to shift gears mm -hmm. into sales. And um, I, I just, I don't know. I love sales. I love the challenge of it. I love the rewards of it. Um, it just really seems to fit my personality and it just really feels like home to me. So I'm really glad I did that. Um, there's a whole layer of being a professional in the substance abuse area that is very difficult because there is such a, especially with opiates, there's such a small percentage of people that actually recover and stay recovered. Um, the last statistics that I saw, I think it was 
from 2020, which um, I know it exponentially got worse during the pandemic, mm-hmm. but it was something around 3% of people actually get clean and stay clean for over 10 years. So that is a very hard number. So mm-hmm. I just really, it just really was piercing my soul to, and you lose a lot of people, um, yeah. including my son's father. My son's father overdosed and died in 2016. He was nine at the time and I was not with him. I was with my husband and stuff, but it still was such a um, horrible event in our lives. Um, and I've lost other people, not that close, but it's just a horrible thing. So today I would just say I, you know, I'm of course the usual, the daughter, wife, <laughs> part of the community. I try to do what I can there, um, friend, whatever, but mostly my main roles is mom keeping my, my feet firmly planted in my recovery um, because without that, none of, I won't have anything else. And I now have added this uh, BDR role to my um, life. And it has been, it, it just in a year, it's been crazy. Um, I love Reprise. It's a great company. And I got really lucky with uh, getting hired in with them on the first try. You know what I'm saying? Like they were my first hire, would you say? Like they my first job in tech and I just got really fortunate. So, and like I said, Evan Patterson was there when I started working there. So I got really fortunate that I had somebody that was as skilled as him. And he really taught me a lot before he left Reprise. So now I'm still working at Reprise. Um, I was voted BDR of the year for last year there. That was awesome. Awesome honor. And I'm just doing the best I can, learning every day, new stuff. And it's just, it's been really a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you've been through so much and I mean, it's a short period of time, but it's also not because I guess, you know, the the things you were going through 15 years ago, you're, you're still going through in a sense, um, yeah. but, you know, overcoming them. But yeah, going back a bit, you know, before tech and before the the position that you're in now, what was kind of like you had children, I'm assuming, uh, pretty young. If, if you know you're 40, yeah. you have a, a 25 yeah. year my age, actually. So what was that like for you? Like, how, how did you grow up? What what did your childhood look like? Um, becoming I grew, a well, I grew up in a great home. You know, mom and dad. Um, my dad passed away in 2001 from cancer, but I was 24. So I was already raised, per se. Uh I had two sisters, one of them, they were both half sisters. So one lived uh, with her mother and the other one lived in the home with me. They're six and seven years older than me. So there was quite a age difference where they were more my babysitters than my, (laughs) as we got older, we became friends. But when we were younger, I was just the bratty younger sister. Um, And a lot of family, just hanging out with family every weekend, going over my cousins. I have two cousins. Um, who were one year was young, a year older and a year younger and their sisters. So I was there a lot, most of my life (laughs) and just a good childhood. We lived on the lake. Um, We boating and just all the stuff that we live in a a suburb in Michigan called Waterford. 
and it's called that for a reason. There's 52 lakes or bodies of water, should I say, here, and it's not that big. So as you can imagine, there's like a lake. You can't throw like the big go. You can't throw a rock without hitting the lake. So most people live on a lake here, and it's a great way to grow up, um, just jet skiing and boating and just a lot of fun. And um, with my first son, I got pregnant with him when I was 18, and he was a welcome <laughs> surprise, um, but I was young and I was really young. Like mm -hmm. I was a kid myself, you know, I think back and it's like, it was, it was just a kid. I was a kid raising a kid and his mm -hmm. dad was even a year younger than me and light years more immature <laughs> as most boys are at that age. And, uh, it was just, it wasn't easy by any stretch of the imagination. And then when he was about four is when the addiction started to really um, take hold. And luckily, um, by the grace of God, I had family and mm -hmm. he never experienced anything firsthand of my addiction, thank God. But of course I was absent um, mm -hmm. for uh on and off throughout till he was 14. Mm -hmm. so that was a struggle in itself and you know it's something that you know today he's we're very close and he's wonderful both my boys my other son was only four um mm -hmm. when i got clean so he wasn't really he don't even remember a time when i wasn't there every day mm -hmm. so i feel blessed for that but it's just, um, it was, it was hard being a young mom, you know, like, especially when you don't have like, really, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same position. I had my first child at 18. Um, he's six now I'm 25. So, and I had yeah. two, well, so I know it's, uh, it's definitely a lot, especially when you're not expecting that and it's yeah. not like out. Um, yeah. It can be, you know, it can be a huge motivator. It can also be a huge bump in the road. But yeah. I look back now and I'm like, wow, if I hadn't have had that kid, like, what would I be doing with myself? Right. I would not be I, where I am today. Oh, for sure. Like, I, I could not. He is the main thing that kept bringing me back and kept putting me, you know, I, I went through 11 rehabs on my own, not, not court ordered, nothing. And I just kept putting myself there because I kept trying, like, I have to, like, he was everything. He, he is what kept me going, trying to get better. And mm -hmm. it eventually, um, I had to do it for myself. Eventually I had to actually give a crap about myself before I could actually succeed. Cause unfortunately you can't do it for anyone else. And I know it's hard for everyone to understand. Cause even for me now, even though I've been through it, been there, done that, it's like, I couldn't imagine ever not doing everything for my kids, but it's not something that's a conscious decision like that. It's, mm -hmm. um, it's actually a disease and mm -hmm. it, it literally is a brain disease that overtakes you and you don't, it's so hard to explain. Cause it's like, yes, you're not like possessed, but it feels like it in some ways. When I think back, I, I, I don't know how that person made those decisions. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I would never, make those decisions and it's yeah, like no I think that it's it really is in a sense you know it, it is almost like you're being possessed it's not I don't think anyone would be going back to it all the time and doing those kinds no. of things themselves or to their family if it if they really understood what they were doing and how dangerous right. and 
it's miserable. It's yeah. absolutely miserable. Why would anybody choose that? You know what I'm saying? It's not fun. It, it loses its fun real quick. Mm -hmm. um, like within weeks, months, like it, it does not, it's not fun by any stretch of the imagination. So I know that's a huge misconception. Sometimes people have like, you're out partying and having fun. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not at all what's happening. Like no one would choose this for themselves. You know, um, if you had a conscious, reasonable mind to choose. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very hard. Even I think about before I got into my addiction, I didn't understand either. I didn't, well, first of all, I never knew anything about drugs or anything like that. I never was exposed to anything like that, except for like, I think in a video in health class, I saw the drugs and, but I really had no clue. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't, I thought, I always thought like, why would, why would every, you know, you just have that stigma, like yeah. nasty, gross, low life, you know, loser. That's just the words that, you know, a drug addict to be. Um, and that's just what I grew up thinking was that wasn't, and that didn't happen to people that I knew, you know, that was like for lower class people mm -hmm. in different socioeconomic areas. And it's not like that at all. Like <laughs> it does not discriminate. <laughs> exactly. And get anyone. I think that, you know, just, uh, with the lower class or, or people that, you know, don't have the funds to really support themselves or the support systems. It's just more obvious, but it exists yeah. in every type of society. It really yeah. does. But getting yeah. into kind of, um, you know, getting out of that, out of the yeah. addiction um, and the suffering that you went through and kind of figuring yourself out, how did you manage, like what happened that got you into tech specifically? Because I feel like so many people that I speak to, a lot of my friends are moms, um, my own mom, like they think like, that's impossible. I could never do something like that. How would I do something like that? Yeah. And all the time, you know, I say to them, it's not true. It's not true. You could do it. Um, mm -hmm. I know companies discriminate too, and, and don't yeah. really take someone who is like over 30 or, you know, has kids right. or all that typical bullshit. But right. what, like, what made you want to even get into that? Did you know about tech before about tech sales? What happened? I nothing. So I was working at a moving company doing sales, but it was mostly inbound. Mm -hmm. um, there was some outbound, but not too much, mostly just in the winter when not many people are moving. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty easy. You know, like I just answered the phone and gave quotes and tried to like win people over and um, with the, the quotes and stuff. So it wasn't difficult. Like, um, a BDR SDR job is outbounding, you know, but I decided, um, it, I loved, I liked my job just fine, but there was no room for advancement. It was family owned and operated and his family took up the manager spots. And I knew that if I stayed, I would just be right there. So I started looking into what other, what other sales jobs were out there. And I don't even know how, how or why I hopped upon it, but I started looking at different boot tech boot camps. And I actually went into a coding boot camp first. And what you could do, you had like the first month to decide and you could pull out and not have to pay anything if it wasn't for you. Mm -hmm. And I found it to be, even though 
I've always done very, very well in college and um, I found it to be very boring. <laughs> and I heard a lot, like it's very isolating. You're not really talking to anybody, maybe with a team once in a while, but mainly it's a solo type career. And I thought that's not something that sounds like for me at all. So I started looking, somebody had mentioned in the class, you know, have you ever heard of um, the other boot camps that, that tech has? And I'm like, no, I didn't even know this one existed. And they're like, well, yeah, there's different ones like for SDRs. And I'm like, what's an SDR? So I had to look through that and I got stumbled along those boot camps withdrew from the coding one entered a different one in January of 2021 and was done by March. Uh, kept my full-time job, did it at, in the evenings. And I was doing, applying for jobs and doing interviews all through the end of March and April. And then that's when I got hired by Reprise, started May 17th, been there ever since. So I kind of stumbled upon it. Um, and I was about to go a very different avenue and I'm very glad that I didn't because it just, I could tell it wasn't for me, but it literally was, um, once I found this, it, it seemed to click mm -hmm. like something where you can use your imagination kind of like to come up with unique ways for outreach, which, um, one of the huge ways that I do is with poems. I use poems with, you know, I have one for the reprise product or one if somebody had got funding or got a new role or even like if someone goes to meeting, <laughs> they're getting a poem. <laughs> so like, and it does catch attention and it, it is different. And a lot of people appreciate that and they um, seem to respond well to it. So stuff like that, um, I'm getting into different things like personalized memes and, and different things that kind of stick out because that's really honestly what it is, what our whole job really is, <laughs> is cutting through the masses to be heard, to even get the eyes on mm -hmm. your material, email, your voice on the phone, whatever it is, and then having value to give them once you get their attention. Mm -hmm. um, that is literally it, you know, and it sounds so simple, <laughs> but it's not <laughs> by a long shot. So yeah, that's, that's how I got there. And I really, I, I love the job. I do. Yeah. I mean, I can tell. And I, it's funny that you mentioned the coding. Cause I also tried my luck with like a coding course <laughs> oh, and after like two weeks, I was like, hell no, I can do this all day. I couldn't. Yeah, I went through that too. Ended up doing uh, some sales courses as well, and and those were a better fit. But yeah, looking at you right now, that you're like thriving in your role. Like I've never spoken to you before this, prior to this right. podcast. Obviously, I see your stuff on LinkedIn, but anyone can be whoever they want on LinkedIn. And like right. the way that you talk and the way that you just express yourself, like it makes total sense to me in my head why you're thriving. Cause I'm like, okay, she's like, mom, get shit done. Say it how it is, you know? And like people can really yeah. appreciate that. And I think that that's something that so many people kind of skip over. They're like trying to be always like polite and just how you should be and not take risks. Um, yeah. But like looking at yourself, I mean, I have my opinion, but what do you think it is 
that really makes you thrive, like that's making you thrive? I think, you know, obviously it's tenacity and you got to put in the work. I mean, it doesn't just fall in your lap. That's for damn sure. Yeah. But once you, it's, you got to do more than that. Even, you know, you, I think it's just authenticity, being yourself, being real and letting part of you trickle into that outreach, whether it be on a cold call or in an email, you know, of course there's a line, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I've seen that line be crossed before where someone tries to carry off a joke and it, it, it's too far. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and maybe that, that would be great with that very same person. If we were chilling at a bar, yeah. you know, like having some drinks or something like, <laughs> um, but not, you gotta, you gotta be careful. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? And there's even times where I sit there and look and like, is that a little too far? You know? And then, you know, you just gotta, you gotta be professional, mm-hmm. but you don't have to be ultra professional. Like that's not what people want. Yeah. Most people, should I say, um, I can't speak for everyone, but most people appreciate somebody who's real and authentic mm-hmm. and actually comes across as just being, Hey, this is, this is, me this is the deal this is what i i am here to talk to you about and use you know your personality your humor your who you who you are you know like i can't there's always that um push or or and especially in the old work world right out of this industry there's always that you know front you have to put up this professional front and be hi my name is jamie and you know and it that's what is considered good, but it's not, you know, that is in this world today. That's, I don't know about you, but even if I pick up the phone and someone, it's like, you already lost me. Cause I I can't even, I can't even listen to you. Like, I know that's not how you talk. I know. (laughs) And I understand you're trying to be polite and professional, but that that's dead for me. Like, I, I don't think anybody would succeed that way. Um, you have to be real and yeah. not so plastic, I guess the word is. I love to hear it because it's, you know, especially I feel like here over in EMEA, we have like this kind of view sometimes of the States, even though I grew up in the States in Miami. Um, so I have a bit of a mix because my, my yeah. dad is American. Um, but just like this view of like Americans being so like corporate and professional, like you can't joke around But like I, you know, sometimes I chat with my sister who lives in Miami and she'll like go through the Starbucks drive through and the lady in the window is like, hey, good morning. What can I get for you? And I'm like, yo, she is so excited. Like it's so like artificial, you know, on one hand, when I'm here in Israel and everyone treats you like shit, no matter how much money I know, like I wish I could have some nice Starbucks lady. But when I hear that, I'm like, oh my God, how obnoxious. Like it's, you know. And I love the fact that people fake saying it. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing too. For eight hours out of her day, she's literally rolling her eyes like, oh my God. Like that. And I love that so much money. And there there is so much money in this industry, but people are just learning like the best way to do it and the easiest way to do it is to just be yourself and just be natural. Because keeping up with that front all the time is just burnout. You hate your job. You're like in this loop of just Absolutely. like, what am I doing? 
Yeah. So I think like for me, that's so important is just being myself and Absolutely. saying what I feel. Sometimes, you know, I fall on my face and it wasn't a good move. But most <laughs> of the time you get surprising answers. You know, people are like, oh, wow, I love this. Like, I wish my SDR spoke like this. Or Yeah, I've heard that a lot. And it's not always, believe it or not, you'd think it'd be the easiest thing in the world to be yourself. But especially during cold calls, yeah, I even have to work on it. Like I have to check myself from being too professional and salesy, you know, yeah. like the way that we grew up, like what we've kind of been conditioned to know too, right. is that you have to be kind of a different person in a professional setting. You are a different person, not like maybe watch yourself a bit, just be a whole different person. And yes. that was the same thing for me too. I would literally act like a whole different person. And that's why I think before Vidyard, I mean, I had some great jobs, but I never had some crazy success because I was always trying to fit into kind of this thing that that I wasn't. I'm just the person that I say whatever I want, and for it helps me more than it it fails me. So I'm just. And I've said it many times. Like cold calling goes against everything you've been taught at your core. When somebody doesn't want to talk to you anymore, or somebody wants out of the room, you move aside and let them. You don't even think twice. Yeah. If someone says, I don't want to talk to you anymore, unless you're in some toxic relationship <laughs> with, you know, like you hang up the phone and you let them go. Like yeah. you don't even think about saying, but can I just ask you one more thing? Like you don't even, we're not programmed to act like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so to overcome objections and to kind of try to mold that conversation with somebody who didn't expect your call, nine times out of 10 does is busy, doesn't have time for the call or thinks that you're just another spammy, you know, like I I don't have time for this. I don't want this. And to push through that and get through that, I still work at it mm-hmm. all the time. Like um, cold calling is probably my biggest challenge in this job. My and God. it will probably always be, <laughs> I imagine like email, I'm fine. I'm a good, I can write. I can write. And plus you have time to sit, think, even ask somebody, what do you think about this? What would you say? Blah, blah, blah. Look back at some other emails, you know, on a call, you got to shoot from the hip and that isn't always easy. Um, there's so many different, you know, as SDRs, BDRs, when you're being trained or whatnot, there's so many different components that go into a cold call, you know, tonality, and I tend to be very hyper and high pitched. And if, especially when I'm nervous, I'll, you know, like I have to tone it down and literally slow the speed down. Like on one of them old records, like, like slow down, breathe, don't get like crazy. And then, you know, then there's the actual words, the script, whatever. Some people use whatever. Um, and then there's actually, you know, the objections and the, so Everybody, I don't, I think cold calling hands down would probably be voted the most difficult part of our jobs. Most of us, some people really take to it and just embrace it and love it. And I wish to God, I was one of those people that just, it was just so easy for, I would give anything for that. Um, But no, it's a challenge every day. And it's um, just because, and that's one thing I want people to know. I'm only a year in, so I'm hoping it gets better, but even if I was 10 years in, five years in, whatever, people just starting out, yes, it 
it's gotten easier, way easier than it was when I started, but there's always going to be challenges. Like none of us have this figured out to a T, you know what I'm saying? Because there is no formula. That's the thing. If there was a formula, we would just make every call and sell, (laughs) you know, every call. There's not a formula. So it's just finding out those working, moving parts and what works for each individual. So it's not easy, you know, yeah, it's a hard one. I actually recently learned something. I, I did a bit of a cold calling workshop. And um, I think one of the main things that I learned, because I'm like I said, kind of that person that I just don't give a shit. I can say whatever, yeah. I, want, whatever <laughs> I want. And I started sales on the phone. That was what I did. Tele, telemarketing and yeah. calling. And now I'm like petrified to get on the phone. <laughs> Like I spoke with someone and she was like, yo, like just completely detach yourself. Like don't, if they answer their phone, that's their problem. Like you don't need to feel bad. You're not bothering yeah. anything. You're not doing anything wrong. You're just calling. If they don't like it, that's their problem. Then you just leave them alone and you call them an asshole and you go on to the next, like yeah. just completely detach from it. And yeah. I think that that's what it all comes down to. It's like an emotional thing, you know? Yeah, it what is. If they do this or what, if they do that, but in reality, you probably never have to see that person again or hear from them again or no. anything. So um, I'm working on that too myself, though, just kind yeah. of detaching yeah. thing. Who cares? Um, yeah. Easier and it is, it's, it's harder than it sounds. Like even yes. I can detach, but this is what I figured out after taking courses and talking to different people that are just masters in cold calling and and doing this workshop and doing this LinkedIn course and doing this and doing that. And we do lots of training at Reprise. What I finally came to a conclusion of, yes, training's great. I'll take as much as I can get because I'm always up for more coaching. But at the end of the day with cold calling, it is not external. There's nothing out here anymore um, that's going to really be that missing puzzle piece for me. It's internal. It's, yeah, it's inside now. Um, you got to kind of really analyze and I have like I'm not scared I don't I'm not I don't expect a meeting out of every single person like I'm I'm detached from the outcome I'm detached from their reaction but at the same time what I've come to the conclusion of is uh, when I sit around with my friends I'm not usually talking about a technical product Mm -hmm. those words are foreign to me like and that line that talk track per se, is not natural mm-hmm. in my line of conversation. So because it feels foreign, then I start acting differently than I normally would because it doesn't feel like Jamie. Mm-hmm. And it's not something Jamie would sit there and bullshit about on a Saturday night. So mm-hmm. that's when I get like hit that wall. So honestly, uh, just being comfortable with what you're talking about, the talk tracks helps tremendously. Listening, listening to coworkers calls has helped me a lot, seeing how they're um, saying stuff. And another thing I do, oh my gosh, I need to keep it simple. I am horrible at overcomplicating things and literally like feature vomiting. Like mm-hmm. I will sit there and tell you 20 things about reprise when I need to just stop. Like, you only needed to know the one and we could have went from there. I'm not selling. I don't need you to buy reprise today. I just need you to be interested in reprise to book a meeting. And I got to remember that. And like the same, keep it simple for recovery is literally on my wall. Like 
keep it simple for this. You can't sit there and just talk about, because uh, you lose them. You lose them the minute you get into those weeds, they're gone. They've already checked out. And I don't blame them because so have I. <laughs> I feel the same way. It's hard not to, though. You're just like looking for the words and you end up finding way too many and, and it all gets mushed together. So I totally get it. I totally get yeah. it. Cold calling is um, is definitely a challenge for, I feel like, most of us. Yeah. Who don't admit it. I think so too. Definitely a huge challenge. But looking at, you know, where you are right now, and I'm sure that you're also uh, looking to grow within Reprise or outside of Reprise, who knows what will the, yeah. what the future will hold. But right. what some advice that you have for, for kind of people, I think, especially women and men around your age group that are, are thinking of getting into tech, but are kind of scared of it. What, what would your advice be? I would honestly tell them not, don't be afraid because this is the one industry that really does not this no ageism, racism, like diversity amongst all um, classes of people. And I've never found an industry like it in my life. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. Uh, they're very, uh, most companies are very mindful of their culture and burnout. And you just got to go for it. You just yeah. have to go for it. And I was scared. I was scared like, oh my gosh, what if this doesn't work? Or what if I'm not good at it? Or what if, what, you know, and you can go over the what ifs forever. But honestly, if you just go for it and put your all into it and just keep going, and it's not always going to be rainbows and cotton candy. Like, it's not. There's months where I'm horrible. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I don't resemble any semblance of BDR of the year. <laughs> like, I, I just, you have bad months. You have bad days. You have bad weeks, whatever. And you can't get discouraged and second guess yourself. You just have to keep persevering, doing the work, and making sure you're putting in um, all that you can, and it it will it will pay, come back. It will pay. You just have to keep going and persevere through the hard times because there will be hard times. There just will. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. I think that there's probably so many people that could be in our companies and so many companies that are just terrified to even try because yeah. of things like age, which. I mean, I just look at that and I'm like, if I had a business, I would take a 40 year old before a 20 year old, like, I don't yeah. know, you know, like yeah. year old bullshit, but right. um, yeah, I think that, I think that a lot of companies are looking at it with a better eye now and um, there are tons of opportunities. So I guess we just need to see more people like yourself that are giving people the hope and then give them kind of an idea of the fact that it is possible. Absolutely. That's exactly it. You just have to go for it. There's no other way. It, there's no golden key or, or golden ticket that I can give you. It's just literally jump in and do it. And, that's, and would you, you recommend know. like doing courses and things like that to people? Um, um, like, now, what I'm, what I'm directing people towards, like as far as like the actual SDR, BDR role goes, there's a couple free ones that are great. Um, Aspireship and Trainio are the two that I have personal knowledge of. I've spoken to people who have been through it. Um, so I can say with confidence and it's free and that's wonderful. Cause a lot of the boot camps are overpriced and crazy and they don't need to be another one that I'm actually involved in myself. And it's 
it's very low priced is the Rev Genius. Mm -hmm. um, I'm the coach for their upcoming SDR Pro is what they're calling it. And there's so much talent there. Um, Jared Robin, Tom Slocum, they're actually going to, you know, they're, they're all part of this and it is going to be just amazing for SDRs. And I mean, honestly, I, I don't know the exact people that are in Aspireship and Trainio. I know a lot of people that have been through it, mm -hmm. but Entrainio um, just came to America just yeah. April 1st. So, I mean, that's just a newer kind of thing, but I've heard a lot of good from its prior um, courses in other countries or whatnot. But the Rev Genius course has so much talent that's coming forward to be coaches and teachers and stuff that that's another great one. And just joining Rev Genius in general, you can for free. So, I mean, just, I think that networking, like you said, you do this to like network and just to get to know people, always jumping in different groups, um, Rev Genius, Sales Rebellion, different, different groups and, and Slack channels that you can come together with like-minded people that and it helps a lot. I, there's each one of those have a, a channel for jobs. If you need that advice, um, you know, all these different things. And there's all these different people who have been doing this for years and years and years. So it, you can get a lot of good information and not have to for free or very low cost. So I do want people to know that because I know there are boot camps out there that can cost as much as college. And you don't, you know, you don't get any more out of those, to be honest, how I feel. And I really try to direct people towards that, the free to low cost, because you yeah. don't need to pay a ton. I, I say for myself, too, I think I've learned the most, honestly, from from LinkedIn and just networking. Yeah. And I come to on LinkedIn, like, you can literally speak to whoever you want. If you're yeah. not pitching them something or you're not, like, really asking them for something big. Like, I've chatted with tons of people that are mm -hmm. like, I'm here and they're all the way up here, but they're like, okay, sure. We can talk to for willing to help. Everybody seems to be very exactly. willing to help. Exactly. And I think a lot of people just are either unaware or kind of frightened to take advantage of that. <laughs> yeah. um, it definitely, it does pay off. So wrapping yeah. this up, Jamie, yeah. um, it was great chatting with you. Great yeah. learning a little bit more about your adventure uh, into sales, yeah. uh, into tech sales, especially. And yeah, I would love to kind of share how people can uh, keep up with you. I'm assuming LinkedIn, but is there anywhere else? Revly? Oh, just right? LinkedIn. Yep, LinkedIn. Um, I have a Twitter page, Facebook, but mainly um, as far as the, where I spend most of my time these days is LinkedIn. If I can help in any way, I'm always willing to help anyone answer any questions, help them figure out this or that. Uh, my inbox is open. <laughs> love it love it i'll make sure to have all the links in the show notes and thank, thank you. you again jamie great chatting with you thank you you have a wonderful day you too thanks